Welcome to the Big Kickoff Football Podcast. My name is Roy Shanahan and joining me today is Mr. David Bugle and from thebigkickoff.com we have got Peter Moore. Now, there's only one competition that's on at the moment and there's probably only one competition on the next week. It's this. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the Champions League teams have set up camp in Portugal and the quarterfinals did not disappoint. Well, that's unless you're a Barcelona. Another one in and they're looking for more goals. And here's Coutinho and he's got another one. This is ridiculous. It's eight. This it's is ridiculous. eight and it's absolutely embarrassing for Barcelona. And Coutinho's come off the bench on loan from Barcelona and scored two against them. Peter, an A2 hammering for Barcelona at the hands of Bayern Munich and it was a game that could have had a whole load more goals in it. Is this the end of an era? I think it is, Roy, to be perfectly frank with you. I mean, I heard about half an hour ago, apparently Messi has put in a, a transfer request by all accounts. So uh, I think that, you know, if, if a legend like Messi wants to go, I mean, that, that's telling you something, isn't it? By far and away, I think there is big problems at Barcelona. Okay, you could sit down and argue and say, look, they were up against a wonderful side. And let's be honest, Manchester City aside, it was obviously between them and Bayern Munich, probably the two best sides left in the competition. But it wasn't just the manner of the defeat and the way that, uh, on a plus note, Bayern Munich went about their business. I mean, they did it professionally. It's the fact that, I mean, Barcelona just, well, Folded isn't the word, Roy, is it? To be honest with you, I mean, they just sort of fell apart. Uh, Messi was totally an- anomalous. I mean, I'm not just blaming Messi. You could sit down and say, and look at that side that actually played and put your hand up and say, did anybody out there really, A, have a reasonable game, B, more importantly, did they really look that interested? I mean, I don't know. The, it, the body language, what I saw, Roy, wasn't very good. Now, I know I've been on the podcast before and I mentioned about the fact that Barcelona haven't been playing well, true. They haven't looked the side that they they were in their pomp and their prime, admittedly. And this season has proved its point. I mean, I think it's been coming, okay, not to the degree of being absolutely annihilated by, it has to be said, a brilliant side. You know, to, to be honest, take absolutely nothing away from this Bayern Munich side. They are absolutely outstanding. They probably could have done that to anybody. I assume and I think it's fairly common knowledge that the current manager isn't going to last very long. I think that goes without saying so possibly by the end of the week I think he will be gone. Who replaces him? Ronald Koeman's name's been in the frame obviously. Uh, Maurizio Pochettino, Xavi. There was talk of Xavi possibly being linked and it would be good for Barcelona fans possibly to get a guy like him to me, I think it's inexperienced. Uh, it, to me, if you're going to go for somebody, Pochettino sticks out like uh, uh, the main man to me. But obviously, I don't know what's going to happen in relation to managerial wise, etc. But assuming they will get rid of the current incumbent, which I think is a nod to uncertainty, whoever's going to come in, Roy, is going to have a massive task on his hands. A, possibly trying to convince Messi to stay, which at the moment, by all accounts, could be a little bit of touch and go, yeah? 
and B, offloading people or trying to get new blood into this side. Because to be honest with you, you, you it hasn't got potential now of being the side that everybody feared for such a long time. And that is a massive worry if you're a Barcelona fan. Believe you me, I think you're going to have problems for a long while to come. Yeah. They have spent between five and six years nearly a billion euro on players. So who's to blame for just such a poor season? The manager, the players, a- above them. You know, it's been a poor season in Barcelona standards anyhow. Yeah, it has, Roy. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go quite to say it's, it's the players' fault. No, I mean, obviously... They are the key people on stage. Uh, as, as always, you always have a go at the key people who are allegedly trying to entertain you and win games. But I think a lot of it goes behind the scenes. I, I think it's been known for a while that they have had problems off the field there at Barca. Uh, at the end of the day, I think players are a bit unhappy there as well. I don't think they like the idea of the manager being appointed but recently um, as well. So that doesn't help either, in particular. Um, and you know, you add up all those things together, and it doesn't. It's not a happy ship, and it hasn't been a happy ship for a while. But a lot of that, Roy, I think, is down to the president himself. I think he should take a, a huge amount of responsibility. And I think after this hammering, he's going to have to put his hand up, admit that he's made mistakes admit there's going to be changes and in, in, in the case of changes I think there's going to be big changes yeah. Dave in a footballing world where 4-4-2 is not used by the high majority of teams it's strange to see a club mm. like Barcelona use it so consistently um, this season potentially but well yeah I suppose since Neymar's left it's, it's, it's been maybe a bit like that because obviously up until that it would have been Suarez Neymar and Messi but to be honest uh, you know, everyone is circling around the corpse and they're delighted and your Keith Andrews and whoever else on, on media are coming out left, right and centre in the last few days. But the body's not warm. The body's been cold for many years in relation to Europe. Like, they haven't been the same side, realistically, the same very side that we all feared since they bet United and Wembley in 2011. Like, I know they had a bit of a renaissance when Neymar came in and they won in 2015. But for the last four seasons, they've gone out of Europe with a whimper. This year, Last year was more just the fear factor. Once that first goal went in and Anfield gone, the year before it was in the bag against Roma, but then they lost 3-0 in the second leg. Gone. Juve, they lost 3-0 in aggregate in 2016-17. And then obviously the year the year before that, Atletico just did Atletico a job on them. So in relation to Europe, they haven't been this side that everyone is trying to potentially still make them out to be. That writing's been on the wall. Like uh, the only good thing, I suppose, would be more for Brazil in the fact that see, it can happen. It doesn't just happen to us in in twenty fourteen at the World Cup. But in relation to, as you were saying, four four two, it's the manager's fault over the last few years, in my opinion. Um, and 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 the way it, and the way the club is set up because with the way presidents come in, they promise these players, and does the manager even want them half the time? Like reasons brought in just to. Is it to appease fans because he's a top caliber type of player? He hasn't really featured as much as we are in, in the way you'd expect him to. And then there's the rumors of Messi ruling the roost. And if a player does that, well, sure, what do you expect? Nothing's going to happen. Um, but in relation to Barca, yes, they're not the same side and it's the end of an era. But in my opinion, it's been a couple, it's a couple of years old. And I think people need to be brutally honest about that. But it's safe to come out and say it now because they've been hammered 8 too. But 
they've been hammered a few times over the last few years. Like the PSG one was the famous one. In sorry, I forgot that one when I was doing the when I was going through the list. Four nil up on the first leg, and then they lose. Or sorry, that was the last time they did something decent. Mm. Was in 2016, 17. They were four nil down. They won six one. That's the last time I've seen Barcelona being bound. Um, so in my opinion, it's a couple of years gone now, and it's a rebuilding process where you need to let go of the tiki taka. And the only way you can do that is if you have players of the caliber of your Zabis and Iniestas, and they don't come around every day. So you need to get a guy in who has a philosophy that he thinks the fans might enjoy and give him time and build and take a couple of years and get back to the top. They've spent a hell of a lot of money in the last couple of seasons and not one of them has come to fruition. And ironically, one of them came back to haunt them on Friday night. Yeah, which was which was amazing. Peter's there's been a lot of talk about Messi maybe being being unhappy before this game. He's almost certain to be a lot more unhappier now after the game. And the rumours are sure to be flying around about a move away from the new camp. If you were Barcelona, do you cash in on Messi or do you keep him? How, how do you build with a thirty three year old? <laughs> it's, it's it's a very good question because on one hand you'd probably turn around and say, look, let's cash in on the guy. He's obviously unhappy. He's made that clear. So that's good in one aspect of it. Second part will be how much would anybody be prepared to pay for the guy? But I think the third and most important point than anything is as bad as Barcelona have been, without Messi, they would be even more of a mess. <laughs> I mean, Messi really has single-handedly uh, controlled that side for four or five seasons, possibly longer. Uh, so th- I think this is the position you'd be in. It, it, it's all right saying, well, yeah, OK, let's cash in and uh, let's get some welcome money. Because remember, Barcelona haven't got a huge amount of money. They haven't got a big pot. That's what you've got to remember more than anything. As, as you mentioned earlier, the amount of money they've spent in the past, uh, most of it probably has appear to be wasted. Um, um, I think this, this, is, this would be the real tough decision. You know, all right, if, if Messi is adamant than the fact that he he feels, probably probably in his eyes, and possibly quite rightly so, that really it's been down to him to somehow lead this side, literally both on and off the field. If he's had enough, and obviously there is rumblings and, and, and problems probably behind the scenes, etc., then understandably so, he probably would want to go and then it, he, he might he, he literally might force Barcelona into a decision that it, it is a case of him going and that's it, full stop. Um, obviously, time will tell. We have to wait and see. But like I say, I just think it's, it could be a little bit difficult because when you have a real ace in the pack that you've got, like Messi, um, Barcelona, on one hand, certainly really wouldn't want to lose a, a I mean, he still is a quality player. It's all right saying, yeah, Barcelona are aging, which they are, as I've said, and, they, and they are, they're clearly not the same side. I mean, anybody can tell you that for the past couple of seasons or so. No, true. But, like I said, without a guy like that, um, well, they certainly wouldn't be uh, the, the, the same side and they'd be in a worse position than what they currently are at the moment. So it's very, very difficult, very, very awkward. Personally, if I was the president, which I'm glad I'm not actually, if I was the president, um, where do you start, Roy? You know, it's all right. Okay, get rid of Messi. But in today's terms, how much would you put on a player like Messi? Realistically, what, what, 
what sort of money would you be talking about? He's getting on. He's, he's still a, he's still the best player in the world. There's no two ways about it. So so for a start, you're going to have to put a massive amount of money on that head, aren't you? As well. Yeah. It's very difficult. It really is. He looks he looks like he's struggling to stay inspired, though. You could see there was a bit of a the fight right, wasn't though. there yeah. on on Friday night, and maybe he thinks. I don't think I can go to the well anymore with the way it's set up. And maybe hence why this rumour of the transfer over the last half an hour could be coming because it definitely looked like that. And it's it's a bit like the way you've seen him in the last couple of campaigns with Argentina. It's just, I don't think I can do it. I can't do it on my own. And he doesn't like the support and cast around him. And the, the fire just is, seems to be dimming a little bit with the I go along with that. I totally get that. You're 100% right. I mean, his body language has been like that for a while. Um, mm. And I suppose at the end of the day, perhaps he's got to sit down and make a decision, hasn't he? Realistically, mm. I mean, he will only be the one concerned who will make that main decision. I don't think he'll be forced into it. It will be clearly down to him. But I, I, I think you're right, Dave. But as I said, I think at the end of the day, the other problem is going to be how do uh, the president and people like this go about this now? You know, how, how do they approach this situation? I'll ask you a question, Dave. If you were selling Messi now, how much would you want for him? Um, the age, I suppose, has to be in it. So I don't think you could push more than 100. But if you got that, I think it'd be impressive. But I'd say you could get close to that between 75 to 100, I think, purely because of who he is. Because the marketability factor, you would get so much of it back. So I think that's why it'd be that high, because you will get bang for your buck by having one of the most... Well, the potentially, arguably, him and Ronaldo are the same, in my opinion. The, mm. the joint best player in the world. So you could command a pretty fee, but I think you'd be pushing it if you went beyond the 100. Dave, if they sold Messi, would that take the shine off other players being attracted to go to Barcelona? Possibly, but there's also the other side of it that footballers have the ego and they could be the next the second coming are the guy who to, to bring Barcelona back and there'll be enough of them who would fancy trying to be the number one who could be the next big hero. Um, and not also that, you know, one or two that's already there might come alive a little bit more because maybe they feel like they are a supporting member for him. So somebody that's already there could step to the fore plus you'll have one or two who'll be like, oh yeah, I want in on Barca because I think I can slip into where he is and what he does. So, it's going to happen. See, I think this is where I'm a bit maybe do it now because at least get a bit of cash from because it's it's coming. It's going to happen. Um, Messi, I can't see playing till 38, 39, 40. I think he's in potentially two or three seasons and maybe the fact that he wants to go now, he might think, let's give it, i played my whole career here, so maybe go somewhere else. So it, it, if it happens now, it's not a disaster because it's coming one way or another. So, if you haven't got the money to bring in players to bolster the squad and help support him, maybe get some money and come up with a new a new squad and, and a new way of playing football because you have to move on and, and, and get with the times because people are finding you out and you're not the same side. So, yeah, I I would potentially maybe think of, I, me personally, I'd be thinking of going for it. I'd be thinking of maybe taking the money. Okay, two questions quickly for you, Dave. You've just kind of answered it. Would you or would you not sell Messi now if you're Barcelona? Um, if you really were going to do this properly, because if you're really going to overhaul and say, right, we need to maybe bring someone in to set up a Barcelona identity again and we can't have the shadow of Messi. So 
So in my opinion, if that's the way they were going to go, yes, let's do it now. But if you're still trying to hang on and be like the Eagles, fifth or sixth uh, farewell tour, well then keep on to them. But me personally, if, if it needs a bit of an overhaul and maybe a complete clean slate and he's not watching over everything or take, grabbing potentially somebody else's uh, uh, spotlight, I, me personally, I would say, yeah, let's 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 go, let's move on. Okay, second and enjoy the great years we had. Second question is, if you're Liverpool and Messi's available, do you go for him? <laughs> <laughs> let me think about this for all of about a half a second. Of course you would. So why would you let Messi you go would. from Barcelona if Liverpool <laughs> would snap him up in a second? <laughs> Just to see Messi in a Bar- oh, Liverpool jersey be a buzz. Listen, <laughs> any 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 fan would their salt would 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 love a crack of seeing Messi playing for their own side in the flesh. It'd be great. But uh, it's a fair point. I know exactly what you're saying, and I do agree with you. Um, and he and he could end up being our problem that I don't necessarily want. But this the sadistic in you would kind of go, yeah, I wouldn't mind giving it. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it and seeing could he could he do what he did for them for us. Yeah. Oh yeah, well played. Okay. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> Peter, it's it's funny how a team in the Champions League have won a two and not a two legged game, but a one legged game and the opposition get all the uh, media attention. Are Munich yeah. are Munich too strong to, to lose it now? Should they be winning this Champions League is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean <laughs> I think we discussed this briefly last week, didn't we? It was a case of, well, it's probably between Bayern Munich and Manchester City. You know, Manchester City are out. Um, so really, it's opened the door for Bayern, hasn't it, realistically? I mean, yeah, I, I, I just think that they will be far too strong for whoever's left in anyhow, Roy. I mean, at the end of the day, in the semi-final, yes, Leon, no doubt with a touch on the fact of their performance against Manchester City, but realistically... They are playing, like I said before, like a side at the moment who are dominating this Champions League. And to be honest with you, they've done that not just in recent quarterfinals, semi uh, quarterfinals, uh, and and the last sixteen. They've dominated them in the group stages. And you know, you, you you look at their stats, you look at their record, you look at the goals they scored. More importantly, the ones that they haven't, they've conceded in particular, which isn't many remember as well in this Champions League. Those back speak for themselves you know they've, they've got everything covered uh, the squad is in strength in depth wise it's, it's got everything you know it's not just about Lewandowski it's about everybody and to me they are just fast I, I will be I'll stick my neck out now Roy I, I will be amazed if they don't go on and win it I, I really will I mean to me it's, someone's going to have to play out of their skin or Bayern are going to have to have probably the worst 90 minutes they've played not just this season, but probably for the past past few seasons as well. So I, I personally think you know, now, the way everything's panned out now, Roy, to me, no, I mean, I can't see anybody stopping them at all whatsoever. Yeah. It's probably now time to fight now. Yeah, no, <laughs> and I, think, I, I think most people will agree with that. They are hot favourites now. They've destroyed everyone in their path and they just look like that team that is going to go on and win it. Nothing's for certain, but... Uh, Pussy Guardiola there in the background is obviously wanting us to move on to uh, the City Leon game. So we'll move the, on to the, the only. Th- <laughs> we'll move on to uh, uh, Leon and Man City, and well, Dave, an unbelievable wow. miss from Raheem Sterling to. And a minute later, the knockout punch just 
incredible. Um, how how do people how do people miss those chances? It's 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 hard to believe. There's surely no yeah. bobbles on them pitches. But that's it, and you know, I I, I remember um, I can't remember what game it was, but I think somebody from Liverpool missed one years ago, about five or six years. I think it was Joe Allen, and I put up on Facebook. I, some, somewhere in this world, Ronnie Rosenthal is sitting back with a smile <laughs> saying, see, it's not just me. But nowadays, and that close and the pitches, you're still stunned. And then all of a sudden, the falls in the back of the net down the other end. You're like, what What the F just happened? And uh, it was definitely one of them moments. And of all people, he's been, apart from Kevin De Bruyne, one of their better players this year. And he's been very clinical. I know he still flushed his line once in a while, but... Sterling, whatever about Guardiola, and I'm sure we'll have a, a little uh, poke at him now, but he has definitely brought him on into the world-class level and credit where credit's due for Sterling as well. Not just saying it's all down to Guardiola, but um, just massive, massive surprise. And then obviously, literally a minute later, it's like, yeah, tough, out you go, next. Yep. Farmers League and all that crack. <laughs> they, uh, Jamie Carragher and Micah Richards, they had the camera on them to uh, to, to see their reaction mm. for that uh, that exact minute. And uh, this was their reaction. No, don't foul. Is that a miserable goal? Oh. <laughs> I don't know you were celebrating. <laughs> oh, look at the facials. <laughs> Just pure shock, and I think that's the way I was in the house. I was in the house, and yeah. I jumped up off the chair and had my hands in my head. And my son <laughs> Adam was exact same thing, and you know, rolling around the ground, and, and nothing got to do with us. You know, it's just amazing how unbelievable the miss was. But we've seen it many times before. We actually seen it from Raheem Sterling himself uh, a couple of times. Yeah. Who has missed chances like that, but. Sometimes it's just that little lapse of concentration thinking you've scored and you haven't completed the job. He's yet. already running away, Shano, you know, kind yeah. of thing. He's already thinking of that running to the corner flag and you kind of, if you just stand still for another half a second and it's under the bar and he's the hero. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny and not so funny at the same time. But Dave, you brought up something there earlier on about Pep. Um, kind of like there's a bit of disrespect towards defending and it's killing yeah. his teams. Do you want to go into that? Yeah, well, it stems back from his Barcelona days when, you know, he was very lucky that he had arguably one of the greatest sides of all time, but it was very much the greatest attacking side or possession side of all time. But, you know, near the end when, um, before PK or after Puyol went, he brings in Mascherano and he was quite happy to keep him there for a few years. And when the crack started to show a little bit with Barcelona was when, teams started to get a bit brave and go, right, we need to start figuring these out and start finding a way. And when they go a little bit direct and a bit like what you see nowadays with the high pressing team, they go a little bit direct and over the top and get away from the superstars in the middle and obviously up front, you know, and then they can get at the defence. And then all of a sudden you notice the defence is a little bit weak and we can get at these guys and they're not as, the fullbacks are just practically pure attackers and then you've only got the one centre half and then you've got Mascherano who can be got at. You know, you've got players of the size of Muller and stuff like that. You lick your lips going up against them. And, you know, Bayern, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say he did all that much with Paul. It probably is one of the reasons why they, they lacked in Europe as well. But it's certainly at City, it's the same thing when, you know, a couple of the boys are injured and Fernandinho's playing and there's that Eric Garcia and a couple of the other guys there. And the same problems are happening at Man City. And 
when you hear him in an interview saying, "I like yes, fair enough, he wants Europe," but he, he, I found it interesting where he said, "I'm just glad I brought my type of football to England and it was successful." And you're like, "That's fair," but your type of football is pure possession and attacking, and I don't see where your defensive knowledge or your defensive unit and what your tactic is. He buys a hell of a lot of winger fullbacks who don't seem to be all that good at defending. And then same again yesterday, Mendy's back, but he plays Cancelo, who he hasn't played a lot this year. And I kind of like him. I think he's a good player and I thought he was going to make it very awkward for Walker. But he plays him out at left back. Is that what's killing him though, Dave? Dave, it was such a big game for Manchester City, a game that you were expected that they would go through. Not saying it was going to be an easy game ever, but it was a game that they were expected to go through. And he changed his whole formation his whole shape yep. the way he normally hey, does whole formation and whole then, shape and then has the players who have performed well from Foden and the two Silvers the who, two Silvers and Mares are on the bench it's, is that, is this, has you he know, just not he, shot himself in the foot well Gary Lineker I'll jump on his point a little bit when I was watching a bit of the panel before the game and he, he said it reminded him a little bit of Cruyff because he would have been there under Cruyff and he said obviously he's under his tutelage and he would have been uh, uh, played under him uh, himself, Guardiola, and he said he, he sees Cruyff in him where the guy's a genius, but then he he has to try and pull something out of the bag again to show he's even more of a genius. And he sometimes thinks, is this where it's a bit too far? If this pulls off tonight, you go, it's Pep again. But even he said he thinks it's a bit too much, and he found Cruyff did it as well once or twice, where he pulled one of these crazy formations or teams out of the bag, and it, most of the time he said it tends tended not to work and definitely that's what was the feeling last night because City have such a big squad and they all seem to play the similar way and they all are well, very well drilled so City playing their normal game probably should have won it yesterday without that much drama because they showed little flicks of it but not enough because it was a bit disjointed and that's what I found hard when you're coming up against Leon in a one-off game and you should have the confidence to go what you're good at. And then it's not exactly a hell of a lot of injuries there. Most of the boys were there. And as I said, some of them strange ones, as you said on the bench, the two Silvers, Mares and Foden. And personally, you kind of got what you deserved a little bit. It flew a bit too close to the sun, trying to be a bit too clever. Yep. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, I don't, I, I can't understand why you would change something like that. I know he, mm. he kind of matched Leon's formation, but... You know, sometimes mm. just worry about your own team and not, and not about the others. Peter, how do Man City yeah. win the Champions League? What's needed to be done? What needs to be changed? Well, first of all, I think, Roy, I think it goes without saying they've got to tighten up at the back. I mean, you know, yesterday was a classic example. They, they look completely lost at the back. Edison, I thought in particular, was very poor. I think, he, to be fair, mm. I think he was at fault for both goals, it has to be said. Um, to me, Roy, they need a leader at the back. I mean, in my opinion, I don't think they've ever been the same defensively without uh, Vincent Company. Uh, to me, he used to be the rock of that side. There's very few people get past him and every everybody around him fed off him. But at the moment, as I say, I don't think they've got any sort of leadership there. I mean, to go on and win a Champions League, uh, well, I suppose tactically-wise, you could probably say get of Pep, get somebody else in. You, you've probably got a better record than him. Remember, he's got a diabolical record, isn't he, in this Champions League, especially with City in particular. The last four years, 
uh, last three years in particular, remember, he, he, they've been dumped out of the quarterfinal stage. Before that, they were dumped out of the last 16 as well. This was probably their best chance, I think, Roy, of anything, to going on and actually lifting that trophy. That has now gone. So as regards how, how on earth they can win a chance, I, I, very good question. I mean, as I said, I think their main problems clearly start at the back, as Dave was alluding to. The squad they've got, attacking-wise, you can't fault it. It, it, it. it speaks volumes by far and away. But of course, um, it's not about so much winning games by having flair and having players attacking. You've got to defend. And, and this season in particular, I think Manchester City's problems have gelled mainly around their defence. I mean, yes, they're always going to have goals in them. Um, we've talked about Sterling. Yeah, it was a horrendous miss yesterday. And as Tay said, it's not for the first time he's done that. It's not supposed to be for the last time either. But look, City, with De Bruyne as a playmaker, they're always going to create chances. Every side are going to be feared of them going forward. But having said that, defensively-wise, they just look very, very naive. And I think another factor with yesterday as well is, and I think this might have been a little bit of arrogance as regard Pep Guardiola, I think they just went into the game, Roy, in particular, thinking they've already got through. And of course, you can't do that in any form of uh, football, whether it's a Champions League quarterfinal, semi-final, FA Cup game. You know, you've got to go in it with the right approach. And I just don't think with Guardiola there, especially in Europe, uh, they go into games, in my honest opinion, with the correct approach. And that has got to change somehow. Yeah. Uh, a lot of talk about the French League and the German Leagues being inferior to the likes of the Premier League and La Liga. I think those results have put an end to that nonsense. Yeah. The teams up the top of these divisions are all level and par, no doubt whatsoever. Yeah. Um, another French team who did well was PSG. Under so much pressure now. Neymar to Mbappé. Mbappé's cross! has come off the bench to fire Paris Saint-Germain into the semi-finals of the Champions League. What a comeback for the Parisians. It's heartbreaking for Atalanta, but Chupo Moting is the PSG hero in Lisbon. What a finish. Who said these were mentally weak? Neymar and Mbappé. Yeah, over the last few years, people have slated PSG's bottle. Have they shown now, Dave, that they have the inner strength within them to go all the way? Well, Chupo Moti and can't do it on a cold uh, Wednesday night in November in Stoke, so no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the, the, uh, I have to say, yes, they snuck in the back door by getting, obviously, the 90th and 92nd or 93rd minute, I know, and a, and a brave performance by Atalanta. But finishing aside... Neymar was bang at it. Um, and another night, he grabs a couple and all of a sudden we're saying, is he the new heir to the throne? All of a sudden, I know he's little, but he's still younger than the lads. But they were they were decent, but it just didn't quite click. Now, obviously, Mbappe's only coming back as well. So they, they've got a bit of stardust, but they seem to, that that could be the springboard for them to give themselves the belief and then the potential for the, the all-star showdown final that we want, which is uh, them against Bayern. But, um, I will give credit to Neymar. I, he was impressive bar the finishing, to be honest. Uh, on, 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 um, they were, yeah, they were the first night. They were Wednesday night, yeah. It was very impressive. 
Yeah, I was at a summer camp with a load of under 13 players. We had a summer camp this week. A whole load of coaches mm. and different coaches came in. And we talked about that match last night. It killed me to say that Neymar had uh, played excellent because the kids had seen it. And, uh, yeah. uh, just because of his attitude has been so poor for for so long. Yeah. And you just hope, he's 28 years of age now, and you just hope that he, he, he cops on and for, for the next four or five years and just clicks and just does his stuff because that's all people want to see. They mm-hmm. don't need to see the attitude. They don't need to see the diva. Bang on. He yeah. was he was outstanding. I thought he was brilliant. He was the difference. Mm-hmm. And of course, it does help, Dave, that uh, they have Mbappe to come on who I believe yeah. even though Messi and Ronaldo are there who I believe is the heir to the throne if not the best player yeah. at the moment although uh, Lewandowski might uh, say something about that this year but yeah, yeah Mbappe is just he came off the bench and, and stretched them even further mm-hmm. Exactly and and as, as skilled as he is he is lightning and I'm not going back to it but there was a little spell for 15 minutes in the Barcelona Bayern game where it got a bit wild but I think Bayern were just trying to kill them off early but you could see a couple of balls over the top and Suarez just hadn't got the legs and I said straight away because I was watching with Darren I said if they had Mbappe now he'd have had two or three one-on-ones because he's just lightning um, so there you go there you go Barcelona sell Messi and get him in but he is and I, I'd agree with you he is the heir to the throne he seems to have the, the 50 between his teeth and obviously he's only coming back from injury but he, he looked decent it didn't look like he was rushed back it looks like he's okay, and but I would be shocked if he doesn't start. But maybe they might use him as their sub again to come on as an impact, and then have him really fight, uh, fighting fit for the Bayern game. But uh, hopefully that is the catalyst now to see Neymar doing what he can do, and that's exactly what he can do. And just bangs in a few goals the next time to make it the perfect. Game. Yeah, Peter, I never asked you, or maybe I didn't. I just forgotten. Who who do you support? <laughs> Um, well, it's not a European team, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm a Queen's Park Rangers fan, boy. Okay. Well, okay, so if if you had the choice, and I know you take any of them, but if you had a choice for QPR, who would you take, Lewandowski or Mbappe? <laughs> Mbappe. Mbappe all the way? Yeah, all the way, yeah. Mbappe would win by quite a few lengths, actually, I think. Um, he's young, he's enthusiastic, as Dave mentioned earlier, he's got abundant amount of pace he terrifies defenders he's got years on his side to me he is the next Messi um, might take a few years true but I'm pretty certain he will eventually get that crown off of Messi uh, Lewandowski admittedly is a, a world-class striker as has been proved I mean he's, he's done it season in season out this season in particular I think he's been probably as best he has been remember he's an aging forward it has to be said but aside from that, he's got every credential possible. He's a goal scorer, a goal poacher. Um, he, he, he's just got everything. But as I say, I just think on Bappe, obviously he's got so much years on his side. He's young. Um, he's, I think, going to be around a long, long time, most definitely. And to me, uh, I don't think there's any competition by far and away on Bappe, definitely. I, I can't, cannot see him staying at Paris Saint-Germain for his whole career I think it would be a mistake for him to say a Paris Saint-Germain I think it, I'd like a bit like Messi I think he should move on even if it's after his contract or his three or four years left but push on and try mm. it with another team I'm stoking a cold cold uh, winter's night but <laughs> it, it, it would be great to see him move on because I, I think he is and I wouldn't be surprised if Barcelona had their eyes they're the type of players that Barcelona need to be eyeing up yeah. if they want to be the Barcelona that they've always been so that's uh, true 
Last game was Leipzig against Atletico Madrid and a, a great win for Leipzig, 2-1. Two, two, I have a little bit of audio here, but uh, it's not in English. We'll, we'll see what the Spanish had to say. <laughs> Arriba. Okay, yeah. Must be that, a Real fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that was Danny Almo's winner uh, for Leipzig in, I can't remember, it was in the, in the 80-something minutes, wasn't it? 87th maybe, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Peter, for me, Red Bull were the best team, even though Munich absolutely tore Barcelona asunder. I didn't expect the level that RB Leipzig were playing at. And for me, they were the best team in the quarterfinals. What do you make of them? Yeah, I, I, to be fair, um, I, yeah, I, I'd almost go along with that. I, I still think Bayern Munich were were the best, but if 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 I'm going to talk about Leipzig, I put them in second. To be honest with you, Roy, what I've liked about them, not just in the Champions League, but in the Bundesliga in particular this season, is the fact that that, that they're playing with no fear. I mean, it helps with the fact that they've got a a good manager who encourages them to play football. Uh, he's also got the belief in this young side as well, in particular. And um, you know, you you you, all right, you could sit down and say that um, they've exceeded their limits so far. Possibly they have, but everyone's sort of written them off throughout the start of this competition. And all they've done is just prove the doubters wrong. I mean, all right, against Atletico, you could say they're a little bit lucky getting those late goals, but it was grit and determination and belief in the end that got them through and got them over the line. And and remember, without um, uh, Timo Verma, remember as well, I mean, OK, he, he's been the star for them uh, this season, throughout the most of this season. But in the last few games, remember, he hasn't played in Europe. So it's not the fact that they've surely got there thanks to him. Yes, it's helped a bit, true. But certainly in the latter stages, the answer to that is no. It's the fact that they've got this belief and they, they, they do look a very, very good all-round side. I mean, let's face it, they haven't got any quality star players, it has to be said, no. Um, but they are proving everybody wrong because they go out there with the fear factor non-existent. They go out there with a belief, Roy, to them. It doesn't matter whether they're playing Bayern Munich, whether they're playing PSG, whether they be playing Manchester City, anybody. They have this belief that it doesn't matter who they're up against. Um, forget the fact it's giant killing. Go out there, do the job, do it effectively and efficiently. And that is exactly what they've done this season. I mean, they were doing it early on in the Bundesliga. Remember, they, they actually led the Bundesliga earlier on. And they, in the end, they weren't that far away from uh, Bayern Munich. Or there were a few points, yes, mainly due to the fact they did have a bit of a slump when, when they returned after the uh, intended break. But... Aside from that, they still looked a very good unit, and they are a very, very good unit. Again, in the semi-final, no one will give them a chance against PSG, apart from me. I, I, I generally feel they've got a very, very good chance of overturning PSG. I really do think so. That would be another upset in this competition. Yeah, Dave, 
where does Diego Simone go with Atletico? Is it time to move on or, or should he keep pushing uh, away? Yeah, it's the potential. Like The only time they looked good was when they were 1-0 down and then they had to kind of come out of their kind of spoily type of Atletico way that is effective for them, but maybe not in a one-off game and especially not in a one-off game where they're potentially the favourites. Like it just That's when they look comfortable and we've got one all and you think, okay, they'll get going. But then they went back to type again and basically said, come on, go bat us again. And it was very strange and it was a seriously impressive goal. Like the little flick out to Angelina was good, but the camera angle where the, 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 the camera's with Angelino, it's brilliant because it's an incredibly impressive pass how he picks it out because there was a guy kind of in the line of sight to the player where he pulled it back to Adams. But yeah, I think maybe has Simeone, he'd have to stay in Spain with that type of tactic he has because it's very uh, South American, very kind of South Continental Europe. Uh, if he ended up in the Premier League kind of doing a bit, of, I, I can't see enough players, especially if they have five or six of homegrown British players in the side kind of buying into that and the kind of some of the play acting and the, the bit of trickery to kind of get people going. Some of it was silly. Morata was flopping around like there was no tomorrow when it was one all or one nil. And then the same, they got a free kick out in the corner where he dived and I don't care what anyone says. And then as soon as the cross came over, one of the centre halves ran into a player and just went straight down and grabbed the, grabbed the face and looked through the, the fingers. I don't think it'll work in many countries uh, other than, say, for example, down in Spain and, and Portugal or maybe your Italy's, but he'd struggle elsewhere if he if he wants to keep that going. So he yeah. has players that buy into it there, but then some of them are aging. So me, I wouldn't be overly enamoured if he ended up in the English League and I don't think anyone should. And would you, but, um, if you were the Atletico board, have a look at Diego and say, listen, he's done fantastic for us. We're not progressing. Yeah. And, and and maybe the likes of Pochettino and, and Okuman is, is up yeah. for it. But someone else, change a direction, change a style. Let's see if we can push what yeah. we've invested into the club on to the next level. Possibly. Like, it has been effective and it's definitely upset the apple cart between the big two of Real and, and Barcelona and it's certainly upset the apple cart over the last few years in Europe. But ironically, the only time they came a cropper a few times when it was when it was one-off games in the final. Um, and of course, this was their first one-off game again and they lose again. So maybe that type of style is great when you're the underdog, but now is the time where, yeah, you need to go the next step. And does his style fit that? Me personally, no. So yeah, you could be right. could be the time to say, right, now we need to get a bit more positive and a bit more. Because that's what won the other night. The other team wanted to win while they just wanted to not lose. And more often than not, the team who wants to win tend to win if that's the case. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyhow, so the, the two semi-finals are Leipzig versus PSG, and of course Leon versus Bayern Munich. And we'll be talking about that next week, which uh, we're all excited to see because this is it's a it's a brilliant tournament, especially with the one-off games. So I think it's time for a little bit of transfer talk. Peter, Lewis dunk to Chelsea. What's this all about? Yeah, um, that seems to be one of the big stories around uh, England at the moment. Um, no surprise is Chelsea involved because every time you pick papers up or read websites, Chelsea are linked with virtually everybody who's uh, potentially 
available in the coming weeks, including 28-year-old Lewis Dunk. I know he's Brighton's captain at the moment, but Chelsea have had their eyes on him. They want an experienced defender, and that seems to be the one that they're trying to do their heart and soul to effectively get over the line, so to speak. So could be interesting. I mean, you know, a 28-year-old, yes, he's got experience, but would he fit into a Chelsea back four? Possibly, yes. Could be. It could. It could happen. It seems to be one of the favourite ones at the moment. Certainly, as regards the rumour mill, boy. Yeah, and th- there seems to be a heavy rumours here in Ireland, anyhow, about Shane Duffy possibly going to Celtic and Celtic looking to make that a, a deal. So, would they let Lewis Dunk go and Shane Duffy at the same time? Mm. Probably not. No, no. I think if they're going to get rid of one, somebody, it'd be one as opposed to two. Yes, you know, Shane Duffy could possibly happen. Lewis Dunk as well. Yeah, I, 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 Roy, I totally go along with that. I don't honestly see them wanting to get rid of both, no. Yeah. Uh, Dave? I suppose, it, the, sorry, Roy, just yeah, a quick ahead. one on that. I suppose the only thing, um, I suppose the only thing, if they potentially the two were up for grabs and only one goes, it might just solidify the, the fact that Ben White will probably stay at Brighton, I presume, then, mm-hmm. and not go to the likes of your Leeds or Liverpool, who he's been rumoured to, to, to be on the way to. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's almost probably a certainty there. Yeah, he's performed very well for Leeds in the Championship, and it's probably time for him to to step up. Lewis Dunk being the captain, I suppose he could force his way to Chelsea if he, it's a big move for him. Mm-hmm. But Shane Duffy doesn't seem to be in favour, so it's nearly probably yeah. most likely that he'll go. And uh, unless they bring someone else in, I can't see them let Lewis Dunk go. But I mean, if I'm Lewis Dunk, you're looking at Chelsea all over, isn't you? Of course, yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. And the rumoured price is forty million. Maybe even Brighton might go. We don't want them to go, but Jesus, forty million for a twenty-eight-year-old set to half. They might just sell their soul and keep Ben White, and then get a another and hope for the best. There's one player who's up for the November challenge in Stoke, and it's John Obi Mikel, Dave. <laughs> 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 yeah, we'll see as he got it now, and now we'll know it is the ultimate player. It looks. I'm not 100% certain that it's confirmed, but pretty much a lot of the different ones have said he's a he's a free agent from Trabzonspor, and it looks nailed on now that he's on to Stoke, which star name quality, yes, big name coming, and you got to be excited, but then you're kind of going, Jesus, it's been a while since you've seen him kind of shining at the top. It, is it a player we really need, or is it somebody that... Yeah, is it more of a star name to just look impressive or has he still got it? We'll, we'll wait and see. And then obviously in, what is it now, three or four months away, yeah, we'll find out in November. But it's just a very interesting name going down to the championship. Still only 32, 33. So, you know, maybe one last hurrah, get a club up to the Premier League again. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be holding out great hopes, but it just caught my eye and I was very impressed considering basically most of the other rumours today uh, the top rumours, I think there's five players attached to, to, to Chelsea. It's ridiculous. Uh, uh, ben Foster's one of them. Uh, ben Chilwell, obviously Declan Rice. There's just a, a bucket load of them. So it, it, it was just a welcome to see another, another club involved in, so, with somebody, you know. Although, just because I can't get away from Liverpool because that's who I am, there's a couple of lads who are in the know in football who have said, there's some source, I can't think of the name, the guy's name on Twitter, but it's very very common knowledge that Thiago has rubber stamped the personal terms Thiago Alcantara with Liverpool but it's not going to be official till after the Champions League is over but 
a lot of uh, different media outlets are kind of rubber stamping that to, today at about around four or five five o'clock there. Yeah, no, I've seen, I've seen those reports and they've said that he has already agreed a four-year deal with Liverpool. Yeah. So that would be very interesting. And it does look like he's going to leave one way or the other. So there's no reason to doubt that Liverpool yeah. wouldn't be the destination. So that would be a very interesting one. And yeah. it's going to put a lot of pressure on, yeah. on, on other people there, which which is a good thing because you were shiting yourself about Liverpool. Yeah, I'm always shaking up, I'm always nervous. The bubble's burst already. I'm already, I'm already writing them off. Uh, Peter, <laughs> Bournemouth accepted an 18.5 million bid from Sheffield United Ooh. for Aaron Aaron Ramsdale. Is that good business? I think it is. Yes, yes. Um, to be honest with you, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously they need the money, don't they, more than anything else. Uh, so I, overall, Roy, I think it is good business. Good player, yes. Uh, at that type of level, it has to be said, true. So, yeah, I, you know, if I was in their shoes, personally, I think it is a, a good business. I think, you know, you have to remember now, as I've been saying for a long time, transfer fees in particular uh, are going to be so strange and so different now, uh, mm. even for, shall we say, underrated players as well, as opposed to uh, players who probably potentially are worth their value. The transfer market is going to be very strange for the next few months as well. So you, you you're not going to have this situation of, I, I don't think massive, huge fees as such. No. So to me, to answer your question, yeah, I, I think overall, I think it's very, very good business indeed. Yeah. And again, Dave, we talked about Mark Travers. This is a great opportunity yeah. for him to to shine and in the championship, and this could be the stepping block that he needed. Absolutely, and a bit like his, his fellow kind of Luke United counterpart, like who was that? Who was that QBR kind of mass? And it, yeah, regular football, no matter what level. But there's nothing wrong with the championship. It's arguably the fifth or sixth top league in Europe. It's a, it's a big, big league, and if he's getting in week in, week out, it's only a good thing for him. And then most importantly, for Ireland, so uh, massive stuff. And just in relationship to United, it probably is good business for Ramsdale because they probably would have to pay at least double if they were going to try and buy Henderson. So maybe. It's 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 clever business for them. So yeah, without a doubt. But for Travers, yeah, absolutely. Hopefully he comes to the fore because I presume Boric is either finished or he's maybe I don't know. Hopefully he's gone. Brilliant. Yeah. Well then, it it definitely sets it up for him. A couple of rumours. Juventus are interested in signing Arsenal striker Alexandra Lacazette. Wolves striker Raul mm. Jimenez is also on their list, and there's t- talk. There's Higuain is going to leave, and there was talk this week of Ronaldo being offered to Barcelona from Juventus. Peter, do you want to no. comment on that? <laughs> <laughs> what? Seems, seems you have your, your, your crystal ball there, Peter. This is the one I really want to hear from you. <laughs> well, I haven't heard that one. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, interesting, Roy, to put it mildly. Ronaldo, yeah, well, possibly, possibly. I don't think that will happen, if you want my honest opinion, no. What about the other two, Lacazette or Jimenez to to Juventus? What what kind of what does that mean then for Ronaldo if they're going to get those type of players in? Well, it, look, if if they sign those type of players, then a guy like Ronaldo could probably be on their radar, couldn't they, really? Um, you know, if Juventus want to be big like that, fine. I mean, you know, the first two you mentioned are quality players. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Arsenal would be in a position at the moment to probably want to sell uh, Lacazette and Wolves likewise as well. Uh, realistically, 
if they want to compete next season, you want to try and hold on to those type of players. Uh, if they're unhappy there at a club, or those clubs in particular, admittedly, yeah, it's a different ball game, true. But uh, apart from that, no, I, I myself, I, I, I don't think that would happen if you want my down-to-earth, honest opinion. So as regard all three of those, uh, personally, I, I would write them off, Roy. I would, I would say it's a silly summer transfer rumour season going around and round and round. Okay, Peter. Okay, right. That's I, I like this. If you keep, I want to see if you're keeping this record going. So I'll, 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 I'll mark that off my list. Uh, Dave, Newcastle United are expected to finalise the signing of midfielder Jeff Hendricks on a free transfer after he underwent yeah. medical tests on Saturday. Of course, he's uh, 28. He's from the Republic of Ireland, as we know. So it's not Juventus. It's not anywhere in Italy. It, <laughs> Same Jersey though. Newcastle hasn't always been a great place to go to as for uh, players, even in their prime. Apart from back in the Kevin Keegan days, so is this a good move? What kind of move is it for Jeff Hendricks? Apart from he'll make a few quid, which is is great for him. Yeah, uh, for a Republic of Ireland perspective, like as in ourselves, uh, Roy, if he plays week in, week out, and plays consistently well, unbelievable and brilliant. But the one thing about being up at Newcastle, they're obsessed with their football. And um, another thing I've noticed any time they're in the Premier League is they're, they're very impatient, you know. And there's always a lot of pressure. And they can, if you're not playing well, within minutes, they're already on their back. They're just very intense. And uh, like any player, who like, he'll probably get a game or two before they start getting on your back if he's not performing. It, 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 it's a tough place to go and, and, and show your mettle. Um, but if... Like, yeah, there's a few guys in there, Longstaff and a few others. Like, he, there's, he can get in there and he can get in the mix. And that's all I'm really worried about, that he's playing consistent. But, um, yeah, it's not the easiest place to go. So, I know he hasn't been really in the, the Burnley side, but, you know, uh, Bruce will give him a fair crack, I'd imagine. Um, he's a decent player. He showed flex. The last time I was really impressed with him, now in fairness, is a good few, good few years now, was probably our, 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 our last venture in the Euros where, he looked like he was about to step up and unfortunately it's been a bit inconsistent since. So he's, he's got it. It's just, it's, it, this is it potentially. And, and if he could do it here, he would be a hero. It's one of them places that, um, they can quickly fall out of you, fall, fall out of love with you, but they can quickly fall very much in love with you. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a sit in the fence opinion, but it's that type of place. Like, you know, you, you've got to get hit the ground running, but if you do, they'll, they'll, they'll love you. Yeah, and it's a club that we've always wanted to see do well, but basically because the fans are so passionate about them that you really want to see yeah. them do Man, something. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Newcastle, but whatever happened to Newcastle stays in Newcastle there. <laughs> um, but anyhow, yeah. So, and again, with the with the takeover not happening, it, it's it's kind of puts a bit of flatten flattener on it. And I wonder if that was part of the lure yeah. for for Hendricks at the start. Anyhow, that's going to happen. He's going to play still in the Premiership, and that's important for uh, him. Peter, who is who is Bruce Dortmund and Wolfsburg looking at? Well, they're looking at, uh, we mentioned them earlier, Leon, one of their forwards, uh, Maxwell Conner, who played uh, yesterday, or sorry, whenever, yeah, last night, wasn't it? Sorry, I'm trying to remember the days now, with all these Championship League games going uh, literally uh, wall to wall 
Um, yeah, that's the one they're after. Whether or not they get him, of course, that remains to be seen. He's, he's, a, he's a youngster. He's only 23 years of age. Interesting that not one but two uh, German clubs are after him in particular. Uh, would he fit in the Bundesliga? Simple answer, I think, yes, by far and away. Uh, what I've seen of him, I do like the look of him, actually, yes. He's already beginning to get some good rave reviews. Um, but it's a question of would Leon be prepared to sell a guy like that? I think that that would be the stumbling block more than anything else. And, of course, realistically, it depends also, I suppose, how far they get in the Champions League as well. So um, it'll be interesting, but that seems to be another one of the rumour mills going around Europe in particular, that one. Yeah, no, that, that it's, it's an interesting one, of course. The Bundesliga seems to be snapping up a lot of young players at the moment and it seems to be fairly fashionable to get a, a young player in and, and seems to be fashionable that it's, a, it's the right decision to go to Germany. So you would not say that that's not going to happen. OK, Dave, we're going to finish off with a finishing story. What have you got? Yeah, the eagle-eyed fantasy footballers who are already on the, 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 the website already trying to pick their team about what four or five weeks too early. Um, somebody put up their team and took a picture and Salah was their captain or something in the midfield and do you know the way underneath it has like the three letters of who their next opponent is and it's home and away well he noticed that it was WHU and in brackets an A and he went okay Liverpool are playing West Ham away and then everyone else got in on it and started looking at different players in the, on the Premier League.com website and every one of them obviously had who their next opponent was so they they kind of said, has this been a leak? Because as far as I know, I don't think it's out for another... I think it might even be this week. I'm not 100% certain. But potentially, based on that, the opening day games are as follows, where Brighton will be a home to Sheffield United. Chelsea will be a home to Southampton. Uh, Fulham's first game will be away to Everton. Leeds United are a home in their first one against mighty Newcastle. Uh, Man City will be a home to Palace looks like the big game of the fixtures uh, for this one will be United at home to Arsenal Spurs against Villa West Brom Burnley uh, Champions Liverpool away to West Ham and then Wolves and Leicester now no one's come out uh, and quoted whether this was just uh, a trial or error no one's uh, confirming nor denying but they are they're claiming now that this is the leaked opening day fixtures and the fixtures are done it's just they've yet to be released so yeah United National seems to be the pick of the bunch if they are indeed the fixtures. Would the Premier League change it if they thought that people knew and just sort of mix it around again? Uh, quite possibly, I don't oh, know. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I just, I thought I'd seen it on the article there, so I was just trying to find it if it is. I think they said it was coming out in the next few days. Um, no, it doesn't say. Um, yeah, but it's in a month's time, so it has to come out soon because they usually come out around mid-July or start of July if they usually about six weeks notice before the British season so it has to come soon enough so maybe they've been done and they're going to be released this week but, uh, Okay well, we're yeah. going to keep a keen eye out on that one so Peter what have you got to finish? Yeah. Just quickly Dave I think you'll find the Caribou Cup fixtures are out this week Ah uh, that's what I'm getting mixed up with Yeah well done I think it's Thursday oh, Yeah God, I'm sorry worried. That's all right. No worries. Um, okay, I'm going to finish up with some ladies football. Um, Cheryl Foster, former Welsh international forward, uh, who combines football as also with a teacher role as well. So well done to her for not one but two uh, interesting jobs. And also congratulations to her because she's been promoted to UEFA's elite list of referees 
congratulations to her. She started refereeing in 2015. She was the first woman, uh, incidentally, referee to be in charge of a men's competitive Welsh league game. That was the uh, Cymru Premier League back in 2018. And uh, since then, she's done a magnificent job. So congratulations to her as well. There's very few uh, Welsh referees, it has to be said, especially women, uh, former players, who've got as far as uh, UEFA's elite list of referees. But congratulations to her. So well done to her. Watch out for her. Cheryl Foster is her name. And and it's good that she's getting some publicity. And it's also good as well that um, Sean Massey, uh, who is an assistant referee under normal circumstances in the Premier League, constantly gets marked very, very high for her excellent performances as an assistant referee as well. So it proves one thing, that uh, the women can be just as good as a referee or an assistant referee as what some men assistant referees and referees can do as well. It seems to me, Peter, that they're doing better than the men referees, and if they want to take over well, VAR yeah. and everything, <laughs> yeah, good point, we, we, we I was let just them about do that. to say, Roy, put them in the truck, <laughs> put them in the VAR trucks. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I go along with that, lads. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, there might be, a, there might be a, a turnover now of the men. They might have had their chance. Okay, listen, I'm going to leave that there. We'll talk to you next week, of course. There is Europa League semi-finals going on at the very moment as we're, as we're recording. So we'll talk about that next week. And of course, we have the semi-finals of the Champions League. And next weekend, I believe, is the finals. So there's going to be a hell of a lot. Right. To, and it's keeping us going. It's keeping us ticking over as the season sort of goes on. Dave, thanks very much. Peter, thanks very much. Thanks, and we'll talk to you again next week.